T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dan, what's happening, man? You got Anthony and Marshall. What's going on? Happy holidays, fellas. How are you? Happy holidays to you. Uh, I, I asked this question to Olin Cruz, and he frankly didn't give a very good answer because uh, he's got <laughs> you know thirty seven kids. Uh, what what is is there a a holiday purchase in the Dan Reederer past that that you are most proud of? Anything you still puff your chest out about? Like, hey, remember I I got this one, and see, I, I made it happen on that one. Anything that stands out in your resume? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um... I may have to think about this. It's probably embarrassing that I can't come up with an answer either. I like okay. probably back in the day, I probably could have given you something back when I was uh, mm. without kids and, and had more time to, <laughs> to, to, to swing for the fences. Now it's just right. kind of getting there without getting in trouble, you know? Okay. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of folks are just underperforming as gift purchases. Whoa, I don't know. Whoa, I don't know. Let's not throw that that. That. I, I don't know. I don't know Dan well enough. I mean, he seems like someone who would put, an onus on himself. I too. don't know Dan well at all, but I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go ahead and give him the benefit of a doubt and say okay. he is an awesome gift. We're going to be talking to him for a while. Maybe he'll come up with a good example before we get done here. That, that's possible. I, I actually felt like I used to be much better at this. The, the football season screws up your yeah, holiday focus in a lot of ways. And you know that as well as anybody. And it's just <laughs> like you're trying to squeeze things into these little one and a half hour windows that you got. And uh, next thing you know, you're on the road flying to Cleveland and you're like, ah, what happened to the weekend? You know, and then there, and, and then there you are. So th- I, I'm using that as a fallback excuse. Right. It's fair. It's fair <laughs> with, with the way the football tends to go around here. Well, we know how dejected the Bears locker room was after that yeah. loss to Cleveland. And, you know, I, I don't think it should be too surprising. It, it seems like maybe the tone of the locker room, the tone at Hallis Hall has maybe recovered a bit since then but then you do still have some of the physical ailments as well so physically and emotionally where do you think the team is at right now preparing to take the field Sunday I think physically they're in a great spot particularly for this late in December obviously Tevin Jenkins was ruled out today with the concussion that he suffered in the first half last week and and we have to keep an eye on whether that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season but other than that I mean you you're, you're close to full strength on both sides of the ball and that's pretty encouraging now Early in the week, Ant, I was talking about how I was really curious to just kind of feel out the vibes at Hellas Hall and see how quickly they could kind of emotionally bounce back from what you mentioned was a, a totally dejecting loss in Cleveland. And I think they've done a really good job of that. I, I think they see an opportunity here Sunday at home against an interior, uh, inferior football team to go get back on the winning track and to go continue building the momentum that has been there in spurts. And and I, I think this team is ready to, to go take that challenge. When the week started, I wasn't sure they'd get there. Dan, I, I love the way the defense has been playing, right? Like you, you look at yeah. the first four games of the season compared to the last four games. It's, it's night and day. Can't say the same thing about the offense. So against this team that's uh, lacking yeah. uh, defensively, the Arizona Cardinals, what are you, what are your expectations? And, 
it seems like we should raise our expectations based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks because this should be an easier task for Luke Getze, Justin Fields, and the rest of the crew. Completely different puzzle that you're trying to put together than you were a week ago, whereas last week's was probably one of those 500-piecers that you th- throw right. out on the, the dining room table and try to <laughs> try to get it right. This is probably like a 75-piece a puzzle that you can get done in 30 minutes if, you, if you're really focused. And so, um, look, the Cardinals, they're not good defensively, and they have one of – Matty Berflus's protege is running the show there and Jonathan Gannon, they worked together for three years in Indianapolis and, and, and he does some things schematically to disguise coverages that will, will test you, but personnel wise, they're just not there to be able to make it a long, long day for you. So you've got to make it a long day for them. For me, it starts with establishing the run. This Cardinals team hasn't been really very reliable at all in slowing down opposing running games. And so start there, get it going with Justin, get it going with one of those three backs, you know, I know you would like to mix them all, all three in, but you're going to have to identify one to kind of ride for a little while and use that to kind of build the momentum up and then hopefully unlock some of those explosive plays here and there with play action and, and some of the other things you can build off of uh, a successful running game. You mentioned the the run game there, and that's that's been as surprising to me as anything in recent weeks. And all three of, of the Bears' main backs have been banged up at different points throughout mm-hmm. the year. Deontay Foreman, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, and none of them, in my opinion, have really looked completely like themselves as they've been inserted back into the lineup in, in recent games. But the O-line hasn't seemed to to block up the run as, as frequently as well as they were earlier in the year either. What are your observations of the run game in particular and why it hasn't been as consistent as it was before? Yeah, it's a combination of those two things. I, I think both Herbert and Foreman have have, have been missing a little bit of that explosion that they had before both of them suffered injuries. You remember how gruesome that, that, that spill was that Herbert took in Washington in October. And and he just hasn't looked like the same guy since he's come back. I thought Foreman really gave them an identity there uh, for a stretch where it was just like, you could count on sticking the ball in his belly and he was going to move a a pile and he was getting obviously some good push up front. That push up front hasn't been there either. And I think probably one of the sort of underrated storylines of last weekend was when it took them all that time to score from the one yard line, they had several opportunities to run the football and they didn't move anybody, you know? And, and, and I think to some extent that spooks you where you should be. And and, and I tried to press Luke Getzey on this on, on Thursday. And like, at, at what point do you find yourself establishing a bread and butter for third and short, fourth and short, something that you just know you can lean into and it's going to get you the first down and then you're getting a new set of plays and you can go back to the call sheet and do whatever you want. They struggled in that regard. And then they started to get creative with things and the creativity didn't work and it, it fell apart. And we all know what the end result of the game was. And so um, I think you have to establish that confidence first and foremost by dedicating yourself to something and then having those guys up front open up some holes that so that you you know that if you put it in the the, the belly of a running back that he's going to get you two three yards and move those sticks i just want to stay with that offensive line for a second because I, I feel like we evaluate them and say okay they did a good job in this game and they didn't do a good job in that game but i'm looking at who they're lining up against and the mm-hmm. caliber of the teams that they're going up against to me this Cleveland game was such a measuring stick yeah. because if you want to be good and compete with the best of the best, you've got to be able to, like you said, on first and goal from the one, get the job done in less than six, seven plays. Uh, how concerned are you about this line? And are we maybe giving them more credit than they deserve in, in terms of how good they are compared to the best in the league? Look, I think you just have to be – reliable every single week to be considered a top tier line. I think this offensive line has made strides in the right direction miles ahead of where they were at the end of last year. And so you feel really good about the way Darnell Wright has played. You feel pretty good about what 
Braxton Jones is able to give you, you know, Tevin when healthy has been one of the best linemen you've got. Well, now all of a sudden you've got to play that reshuffle game. And that, you know, that's been the problem for two years is getting continuity. Well, they've had continuity for the last month and that continuity didn't necessarily continue to build on what it was. You're right about the measuring stick game in Cleveland and that's for everybody on the offense. And that's why I think the end result of Sunday was so disappointing because this was your, your last chance to, 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 to play one of those measuring stick games, particularly offensively, to see where your progress report was and across like the progress report was uh, satisfactory or below, you know, if you, yeah. if you were bringing that home to your parents, you're like, Oh, I don't really want to show you this, but here's, here's the progress report of, of how we did in Cleveland. You know, it was a you unsatisfactory. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's all that needs to be right. said. Cause like you look at these last three games and, and no matter what they do, you're not going to be like, Oh, that's so great. Maybe against green Bay. Cause it's green Bay, but that's yeah. like, yeah. The rivalry aspect of it. you got two more home games coming up here yeah. against teams that can be had, but that opponent, especially with the opportunity to win it in Cleveland, because no offense has looked pretty in Cleveland. But you go back to the early game, Lamar Jackson earlier in the season, yardage numbers weren't great, but two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs. Baltimore defense shuts down the Browns, and they leave there with a victory. Every other quarterback, every other offense has gotten embarrassed in Cleveland. You know, whether yeah. you're talking Trevor Lawrence or Undressed. Brock Purdy. Or, you know, Ryan Tannehill, a veteran. I mean, everybody has been awful when they go to Cleveland, but there was a chance to come out with a win, and, and they weren't able to finish that off. This segment with Dan Reederer is brought to you by your local Ford dealer. Shop now at buyford.com. And the, the big picture stuff, and when I, when I was on earlier in the week, it was, I think it was either, no, yeah, it was the following day after you had the back and forth with Lawrence and Dan, and it would kind of put the blame pie thing in my head a little bit. And as, as I talked about it, it doesn't bit, taste so good, does it? Yeah, right, right. And it, it can be difficult to kind of choke it down sometimes. And you know, yeah. the, the context of all of it is what really intrigues me because beyond this season, whether it is, you know, Justin Fields and a drafted QB, or if it's they trade Justin and they draft a QB, or if it happens to be Justin, to me, by comparison to, I was talking to Marshall about this a little bit earlier in the show, there are teams around the league that, for decades now, find a way to just stay in the mix without necessarily saying we were able to just draft that one guy who fixed all of our ails. As you cover the, the Bears on a daily and a yearly basis, by comparison to you know Philadelphia or Dallas or San Francisco or Pittsburgh, or, there, there's, there's franchises in football that have done a lot of winning for decades without kind of having that one seminal guy behind center that sure. just gets it all right. How do you feel like the Bears are beginning to stack up in the infrastructure of of developing and insulating whomever the quarterback is moving forward? Well, two parts to this, and the first and foremost part is is the the best formula in the NFL is to find that one guy <laughs> and find that engine that can can be the guy that takes you to the playoffs every single year, wins your divisions. You see historically that those are the teams that are in the mix, you know, ten times out of twelve years, and and that's what the Bears are striving to become. A couple months after Ryan Poles took the job as general manager, I had a really good sit down with him at the owners meetings. And, and you got to remember, he had a, an up close view to watch the development of Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. after they went all in and said, hey, this is our guy. You know, and remember, they, they were picking late 20s and they traded up, identified Mahomes, got him at 10 and then turned him into one of the best that's ever and played me, the game. Let me actually let me let me ask you a quick follow up on that before you go all the way down the the Ryan Paul's observation because I'm my your observation on that may be different than mine. I'm curious. I feel like it is I feel like it's somewhat rare where a team finds the one guy who's exceptional for a decade and they just went all the time with that. Would, would you disagree that that's maybe no, not the exception? It, 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 it is, it's super rare, but it's okay. super rare to, to win in general. You right. Know? So, but, right. Okay. Like I think why this conversation gets 
more dynamic and interesting right now at this point in history in Chicago is because of what they're sitting on with the number yeah. one pick and the opportunity to have their pick out of a class where a lot of people think that you've got, you know, four or five up there that you can consider. I think it's, it's a really a two horse race from people I talked to between Caleb and may. And then there's a little bit of a drop off to McCarthy and, and Penix and Jaden Daniels. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and so like, you got to go do your homework and, and you got to determine, do you believe that one of these guys is that guy, that engine of a championship race. Now I, I tweeted out earlier in the week that Ryan Poles has blessed himself with currency, both in the draft and free agency to be able to build up the roster and take on uh, you know, a number one overall pick quarterback. If he wants to do so, you can still take the number five overall prospect in a draft where you also get the top quarterback prospect of the class, which is a rare, rare, rare opportunity. And so as rare as it is to find those guys, they're sitting at one of those moments in time where you have an opportunity to do it, you know? And so you cannot, cannot, cannot squander that opportunity if it's there for you. Um, look, like somebody from this class is probably going to emerge and, and be a guy that that is a franchise-changing quarterback. Now, to to the other part of things, setting up the, the developmental infrastructure, mm -hmm. Ryan better have had a plan for that also, because he's lived through these last two years the way we lived through these two years. And he understands the frustration. And we've had an opportunity uh, on the road at times to sit, you know, one row in front of him in the press box and feel his frustration when there's a fist that hits the table or a, a play isn't made. And, and and so like, you have to be thinking about this at all times and figuring out, okay, if, and when we pivot after the season with our coaching staff, what are we looking for? And what, who are we trying to pair with who, and how do we set this up in a way where if we do decide to go in a new direction with the quarterback, or if we, even if we decide to stay with Justin, we're setting up a, a developmental launching pad. I keep using that phrase here uh, down the stretch of the season, and they've got to figure out what that looks like. I don't obviously think that it's it's what, what they're doing now. Um, and so, like, it would stun me if they stayed in in the same course they're on now with with Luke as their OC and and even Matt as the as their head coach. Because if you're going to basically get rid of your offensive coordinator, it's going to be very hard to attract any high level candidates to a offensive coordinator job that is potentially for a, a head coach who's on thin ice. Right. And so this is a complicated puzzle here, but it's a wonderful opportunity. And I think if Ryan Poles plays his cards right and he and his staff do their homework correctly, they can find the combination of player and infrastructure that takes this franchise to the heights that we have not experienced since the eighties. And that's why I say, you know, repeatedly the last couple of weeks, if we can all just stop yelling at each other for a minute, there's an opportunity here to see a big picture where this looks really, really potentially bright for the Chicago bears. And that should make everyone feel really good as they go into their Christmas holiday. I just, Yes, the, you bring up a lot of positive <laughs> possibilities, Dan. I, you Talk know to what? me, Marshall. Talk it, to me. The holiday cheer is better than holiday jeers, which is what I'm loaded season. with, if, as Ant knows Santa all day. I, I'm not saying I don't believe in this team. I'm sorry, that's not right. I'm not saying I don't believe in this front You are office. saying you don't believe in this team. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> I just, tremendous opportunity. And if they blow it, we're back to square one. Mm -hmm. And people would say, but we've always been at square one. Mm. And that's that, that's the reality, and the impatience grows. And <sighs> do you believe that this is the, the right group to lead this team forward when you talk about the Kevin Warren, Ryan Pulse? Like I don't even know who would be making the decision at the end of the season, A, to re retain Matt Eberflus and or members of his staff, or B, who would be doing hiring and whether that would be from a quote-unquote pool of candidates. Help me understand how this is going to play out if the Bears, let's say, win their last three games. Is everybody coming back? Is it that simple? 
No, it's definitely not that simple. Okay. It's a very complex riddle okay. here. And, and, and so you've got guys at the top of the organization here. Kevin Warren was brought in so that when you get to the end of a season like this, you don't have to get on your phone and dial up Bill Polian or Ernie Acorsi and tell you and ask them, hey, should we fire our, our staff? And if so, do you got a list of guys that we should look at? Like Kevin is is in oversight of Ryan Poles and they work in lockstep and their offices are side by side. And, and, and certainly you would hope here on December 22nd that they've had conversations about options. If we go down route a, this is what it looks like road B. This is what it looks like road C. This is what it looks like. And so those are going to be the guys at the controls. Now, now do you trust them? Uh, you know, that's up to each individual audience member to make that decision. I think that you have a, a firm infrastructure in place with those two guys to unite on a vision and not have to, um, bring in outsiders to to tell you the flaws that are going on with your football team and your organization. And that's a huge plus that hasn't existed here uh, in the recent past. And so those guys will, will put together a plan and then we'll have to um, get a lot of time with them to hear them explain the decisions they made and why they made those decisions. I think obviously you guys know the quarterback decision is, is, is one of the, the biggest ones, but head coach is also huge there. And so you've got to kind of marry those decisions up and figure out what direction takes you uh, down a path that can allow you to compete for, for multiple NFC North championships in the next five years that can put you in the playoffs eight times in the next 10, you know, this is, this is the goal. And the goal here isn't to, you know, occasionally have a team that's playoff ready and, and makes a splash and we all get happy for a year and then it regresses. That's what we've lived for, for 30 plus years. It's time to go in a new direction and find that. And so uh, that's the formula they, they've they got to decide on. Let me, let me, let me, let me go smaller. I know that was big the way I, I presented that. <laughs> so let me go smaller. Do you see a path for Luke Getzey to return to this team as the offensive no, I, coordinator? I, like, just, just because of what I said, no, I don't. I don't because it's like – Thank you. you that, that's you all. Have... I, I just make sure I'm not crazy, Dan. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm not crazy, okay? No, 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 nobody has, has, uh, has been propping that up in, in any way, shape or form for the longest time. I, my, my whole pushback on, on the, the knee jerk reaction that has kind of swept the, the city for the last seven or eight weeks is, is that it's just been exaggerated in terms of what Anthony talked about earlier the blame pie and how big the slice that Luke owns is. I, I think there's a reason that Joe Burrow signed a $275 million extension. I think there's a reason why we spend February, March, and April every year talking in depth about the quarterback class of every draft class. It's the, it's the engine that makes the league go. It's the, the, the thing that, that takes, you know, good teams and turns them into championship contenders. And so you can't take your eye on off the ball there. The offense coordinator obviously plays a role in, in how successful that quarterback is, but the quarterback ultimately has to be the elevator. And I think through 35 games here, uh, there hasn't been a lot of evidence that Justin has reached that state that that he is going to be the guy that is the engine that takes you. You know, can he be a, a starter on a occasional playoff team? Absolutely, and he's going to get that opportunity uh, somewhere here, elsewhere, or otherwise. But is he has he shown enough as an NFL level passing quarterback to to unlock the doors to the heights that you're trying to get to? I think through 35 games, the answer is. No, and and do you think it can change? That's up to to the people upstairs to to decide. And here, Dan Weeder at all times on the Take the North podcast with our guy David Hall as well. I want to sneak one more quick one in with you here as well, Dan, because I haven't I haven't researched it myself, but I've for a while now at least discussed the possibility, maybe not plausibility, but possibility of of Justin Fields returning with a drafted QB. That to me seems like the way a lot of teams were doing moving on from a previously drafted QB. I don't feel like you see a lot of former first-round QBs traded when someone brings in a first-round pick and you get a haul back in return. 
how how plausible do you think it, it could be that Justin Fields would be back with a newly drafted QB? It seems like the most implausible of all the scenarios yeah. you have. And and one of the reasons I think is because like, first of all, you'd have to try to find precedent of some situation where drafting a quarterback to push your incumbent starter has suddenly taken the incumbent starter to new heights. I don't think it's out there. I can do more history research and see that you're essentially casting a vote of no confidence in your current quarterback. If you go out and draft the quarterback with the right. number one overall pick. And at that point, what's the point? Like we did this with, with Mitch Trubisky in 2020 and the bears didn't have the resources to work with. Like they have this off season and they brought in Nick Foles to compete with them. And then because COVID hit Nick didn't win the job in training camp. And then Mitch went into the season basically with the, the coaching staff, just waiting to pull the plug on him. And three weeks into the season, they pulled the plug on him and then Foles had a little bit of success and then he regressed. And then they went back to Mitch and it, you know, you're just setting yourself up for a lack of continuity and stability that gets dizzying for everybody in the building. But uh, do, if, if, I mean, we do often enough see like veteran placeholder QB as the rookie is sort of phased in. That, that, that. That, but, but that's yeah, but, Ju Justin is not that. Yeah. Justin is not, you know, Alex Smith. Justin is not, you know, one of those long in the tooth veterans that's got He's so not much Andy experience. Dalton. It's not Josh McCown <laughs> or Andy Dalton or, you know, the guys that, that can can be a a vast wealth of of knowledge and mm. and and basically be there to be that support system rather than be there to be the competitor. I just, I, I don't, I don't see any scenario in which that works. I could be wrong. Maybe they, maybe they're considering that at house hall, but that just seems like you'd be setting yourself up uh, particularly in this city for uh, an unending <laughs> amount of noise that would, would cause a quite a bit of chaos. And Dan, I, I think just to echo your point, the other thing is Justin Fields exists in like, the way the way players are now compared to the way players used to be, like agents get involved, and I I, I just can't right, see that right. playing out as mm -hmm. smoothly as one would imagine it on paper. Mm -hmm. Correct, right? No, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, uh, Marshall. And it's interesting. You guys go back to that Cleveland game as being one of those tests, also. And I heard Owen say something uh, an hour or so ago that it, it actually overlapped with a, a conversation I had earlier in the week, and and I talked with someone that said, look, like all these games that that you play within the, the course of a season can't be treated as equals. And so for a young quarterback that you're trying to uh, gauge on, on where his ceiling is, you want to see what does he do against the the coordinators that know how to screw him up, you know? And so it's Todd Bowles, it's, it's Spagnolo, it's Brian Flores, it's Jim Schwartz. All four of those guys in five games against the Bears took the Bears and made them super uncomfortable. They pressure in a lot of different ways, and Justin didn't rise up above that to make the plays to win games. They snuck out of Minnesota with a win because the defense played their butts off, and, and Justin was able to get the ball back one more time after fumbling twice in the fourth quarter to get the game-winning drive. But you look at those five games, and you go, man, like there's there's evidence in there that he's just not there to 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 be able to elevate the entirety of the group and when you understand that to get to the playoffs every season, it's a tightrope from one end to the other. You can't afford a, a couple wobbly steps or a fall or you're down at the bottom walk, looking up at everybody else who's who's on the playoff platform. And, and that was the case Sunday in Cleveland where you had a chance to keep your playoff hopes alive. You had opportunities with the game in your quarterback's hands and you couldn't you couldn't meet those moments. And so we spent the entire next week arguing about a five and nine football team that has uh, no place to go, you know, and, and instead of saying, wow, this game, this very winnable game at home as favorites against the Cardinals gives you a chance to get yourself thick in the wild card race and that's the how thin the margin is in this league and it's what the Bears are living with <laughs> dang
earlier, there's a, a lot of squads around football that are just right there in that same will they or won't they Ross Rachel kind of vibe. It's, it's a bad league. <laughs> come it's down a, the stretch. A lot of bad teams in this league. They're hanging around. Hanging around. There, there's a lot of just okay. There's some excellent. Yeah. There's some really bad, and the Bears just lingering around. Okay, they're fine. Yep. Oh, yep. Uh, Dan Weederer, as always, thanks for your time, man. Outstanding stuff. Look forward to talking to you again. Happy holidays. You got it, fellas. Enjoy your weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.